is up what is up what is up good morning it is march 30th tuesday 2021 i think that's about the weirdest way to say a date i said that so out of order let me try that again it is march 30th 2021 it is a tuesday and i'm glad you decided to start your day with me uh we got a ton of nba action yesterday uh we got a little more information well I guess a little tidbit on the Deshaun Watson situation. Uh, the Jets said they want to keep Darnold and get another quarterback. Are the Patriots looking at Jimmy G? Add a little competition over there in New England. Uh, we had some college basketball, of course. Half of the Elite Eight in men's and women's is set. But first... There's something we got to talk about. It's the Brody. Mr. Why Not. The man that, that, that you can't win with. Russell Westbrook. That man balled out last night. And the fact that the Wizards have done absolutely nothing to put any kind of help they didn't go after. If they get a big man. It helps. It helps Russell Westbrook. It helps Bradley Beal. It helps. Shit, ain't nobody else on the team. Ain't nobody else on that team. That is the team. Right there. Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. That's the whole team. It's absolutely ridiculous that that GM has sat around, watched the Nets build a super team, which obviously, when you have star players already, it's easier to draw more. But, I mean, come on. You didn't trade nothing. You didn't look to acquire any picks. You didn't do a damn thing. You just sat back and you're just okay with struggling. Watching these two superstars struggle. And that is exactly how you lose them in free agency. That's exactly how you end up with a a poverty franchise like the Thunder. The Bucks are working on becoming one of those franchises like the Cavs. When you sit around, watch your star players struggle, watch Bradley Bill get pissed off night in and night out, don't uh, uh, attempt to get him any help. Don't attempt to get Russell Westbrook any help once he got there. This is exactly what you get. So now I I, I don't want to hear nothing about oh Bradley Bill quit. He joined the super team. Like we heard about KD. I mean KD was a little different, but LeBron. All of them. Because when you're in an organization that does not put, they don't show any type of fortitude to go get you help. All right. I'm not even about to ramble on about about, about some of these GMs. I got to talk about this triple-double. This man had 35 points, 21 assists, and 14 rebounds. My favorite part of the whole thing, what Russell Westbrook's biggest problem 
is that he is incredibly inefficient, right? This man had four turnovers. I was so shocked when I saw the stat line. Every time I see a Russell Westbrook triple-double, I'm like, how many turnovers did he have? That's my first thought every single time. How many turnovers did he have? I was ecstatic when I saw that this man had four turnovers in the most impressive triple-double I've ever seen in my life. 35, 14, 21. He shot 14 for 26 from the field and four for six from three. Oh, my God. And he did it without Bradley Beal being on the floor. That's proof that you can win with Russell Westbrook. I think it's really possible to win with Russell Westbrook when he plays efficiently. When he has the 9, 10, 11 turnover games, that's when the question marks arise. And I just wish we had more of these games. Obviously not 35, 21, and 14. That's not something you can ask of someone every night. I'm saying the four turnovers, four or less. He would still be considered a top three-point guard if he didn't turn the ball over so much, if he wasn't so inefficient from the field. That's my biggest problem with Westbrook, but tonight ain't, ain't, ain't no bad words being spoken about this man. I was so happy to see that. I, I, I'm, I'm proud as a fan that that man just posted the most impressive triple-double I've ever seen in my life. That man balled all the way out and he deserves all the kudos and respect you love to see it alright we had a ton of NBA action last night the Cavs suck one thing I didn't do last episode that I really wanted to do was shout out all my fandoms right so you knew exactly who I cheer for so you understood where the bias came from um, I'm a Panthers fan first Boise State Broncos second, Cavs, and then baseball is the red. I, I, I'm not big on baseball. I just don't watch a lot of baseball. But if I had to pick one, I would pick the Reds. So, the Cavs suck. Okay. I, I understand the Jazz are good, but 75 points. That's all you can muster up with 75 points. Man, the Cavs suck. You hear me? They suck. Um, I think they suck. We suck. And how the hell does Okoro go 28 minutes without making a damn three? And he shot six of them. You know, I can't be too mad at him because he wasn't the only superstar out there tonight. Or, or, or the only player out there. That went 0 for 6 from 3. Why his team needed him. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's Kawhi Leonard. That man went 0 for 6 from 3 tonight. But his team was hooping. They made 19 threes. 19 as a team. They beat the hell out the Bucks. 
Giannis, yeah, I mean, 32 points. It, it's, it, it's crazy because we're so used to these triple-doubles, not like Westbrook's, but just triple-doubles in general or, or big rebound numbers or big assist. 32-6-3, that's a really good game. That is a really good game. But we're so used to it, so it just seems so pedestrian now. That's how that's how crazy the top percent of the NBA is right now. They're making these incredible nights seem easy. So we're getting used to it and we're getting a little spoiled. But um anyway, yeah, the Clippers beat the hell out the Bucks. Beat them like they stole something. Um The Mavs, they played as well. They played Oklahoma City Thunder. That's another guy, Luka Doncic. He did it as well. He he made a, a, a 25-point game. That's a really good game. 25 points is a really good game. Make it look easy. And uh, it just seems pedestrian for Luka. 25 points just seems like an eh kind of night. But the Mavs beat the Thunder. Steph Curry returned. He had a 32-piece. Uh, they beat the Bulls. 116 to 102. I I love watching Steph play. I don't know if there's a player in the NBA right now that I just love to watch more than Steph. He's so fun. It's so exciting. When every time he touches the ball, you're like, oh, he's going to shoot a three. And you just can't wait for it. So it's always great to have him back. I love when players get healthy, no matter what team they're on, no matter who it is, no matter how much I dislike the player. I never want to see NBA players, NFL, any, any sport, any team. I don't want to see players hurt. So, it's always nice to get superstars back in the league, and especially if they're going to play well like Steph did. Uh, shot pretty well from the field as well. So, so that was good to see. Um, another superstar that came back last night was Kyrie. He had a really good game, but James Harden, he still did it. I, I said yesterday, if he can maintain that level of play that he's been – putting on what while Kyrie's gone and while KD was gone, he can make a real strong case for MVP. I didn't say that the man didn't deserve to be in the conversation. I just don't think he deserves to be the front runner. But if he can keep doing that, he can make a solid case. I mean, it's only been a month, a month at most, that he's been balling the way he has. Um, he's played well all year. Don't get me wrong. He's played really well. He's played elite all year. But I'm talking about at the level he's playing right now. He's done it for about a month. And a month just isn't enough to get you an MVP award. Um, especially when Jokic has been doing it all season. And he's leading his team in points, rebounds, all, all of those. It, it, he's he's dominated for the, for the Nuggets. And if it wasn't, if he wasn't on the Nuggets, they would be one of the worst teams in the NBA. If James Harden wasn't on the Nets, yes, they would have had a bad stretch while Kyrie was out, while KD is out, but they'd still be a top five seed. And I know that's like Eastern Conference, Western Conference difference because the Western Conference is dominating the power rankings right now. Um, But still, if they'd still be like one of the worst teams in the league, I'm talking... Cavs bad without Jokic, so he 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 just he's the MVP right now to me. Um, the Gri- listen, the Grizzlies and the Rockets played last night, right? 
Who gives a damn? Who watched that game? Not a soul watched that game. The most exciting part of the whole damn game was when John Moran did the between the legs dunk after the game. So we're not even going to spend too much time on that. The Grizzlies beat the Rockets. Um, 120 to 110. Nothing exciting. John Moran's an exciting player, but man, I wish he wasn't in Memphis. Nobody's seeing it. Nobody's watching him. Nobody, nobody is turning on a Memphis Grizzlies game. Like LeBron said about the nobody plays with the Jazz in 2K. Nobody turns on Memphis Grizzlies games. Ever. No one does that. So, yeah. It just isn't going to happen. Um, the Kings smacked the Spurs. Pretty meaningless game. Um, I mean, not not necessarily because the West is bad. So, so both of those teams are still in the playoff hunt. Two bad teams won't make it out the first round. So, kind of eh, but it is what it is. Um, the Knicks, that's been a team that covers all year. Might not win a whole lot of games, but they usually cover, and they did not last night. Uh, they lost to the Heat by 10. Um, the, Heat, the Heat's a very interesting team. So, last year, when they went to the finals, especially with the bubble and everything, I really felt like the Heat were a team that just got hot at the right time, and they wouldn't be back again this year. I just didn't think, watching them last year, I wasn't like, okay, this is a team that's going to come back next year or a team that will be around for a while without any major moves or major changes. Um, and they might have actually made that major change with Victor Oladipo. Now, as I, I do like the move. I like putting Victor Oladipo in this offense because it creates two star-level players at worst that can create for themselves. They're just very similar players to me. Um, Victor Oladipo, obviously a little more bouncy, I would say. Um, but they're very similar players. That's the that's the part that I thought was interesting. You usually see like a like a Westbrook and then a, a Bradley Beal, a guy that can shoot and a guy that can attack. Or you know, just just something that creates like some differences between the two. Um but I guess Kawhi and PG, Steph and Clay. When you get guys like that that kind of play very similar together and work well. I'm excited to see how they work together, but when you when you have those play styles that work that are pretty similar, I guess it's been more successful as of late. So I'm very ex- excited to see how it works. Um but ideally in my mind, like you, I, I'd want to create almost like that kind of not opposites, but especially when you have it at the two and the three, um, like one that can shoot and then one that attacks. But I guess the the two or the three order, one and the three or the one and the two. Um, I guess it works because Westbrook and and PG. They were opposites, and they didn't really work out. And Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, granted, they don't have much help, but they're not really working out. So I guess maybe. Because Kyrie and KD, they were working fine. Um, 
and they can both shoot and they can both attack. So I guess those, I guess the similar play styles does work a little better. So when you ha- when you're talking about your two superstars, that's interesting. I never really thought about it like that. I really thought because uh, I like I don't know. Okay, I mean I, I I just made myself a little more excited to see Oladipo and Jimmy Butler on the floor together. That could really work. That could really work. Yeah, I'm re- I'm I'm excited for that. Okay, yeah. Because I mean, even even when like Curry and Monte Ellis were together, they were similar play styles, I'll say. But they they felt like they had to get rid of one, and then you got in Cleveland with Sexton and Garland. It almost feel like feels like one of them has to go. And I don't know if that's me having that mindset that I was talking about a second ago, where it's like you want your two best players to be kind of opposites. But I guess it works when they're the same. I guess it depends on the player. I don't know. I I, I want to hear some feedback on that. What do you guys think about that? I, I that's interesting. Mm. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go into the history of the game and take a look at that and see which 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 one's been more successful. Because you know, I mean, Jordan is obviously Jordan, but Jordan and Pippen had similar play styles. And they work too. Huh. Okay. I'm excited to see what, what what goes on in Miami because I really didn't think without any major moves that they would be back. And with them, the, uh, Victor Oladipo, I'm not quite sure when he's planning to join the team, but as of right now, they're under 500, 23 and 24. And they haven't been a team that looks like they'll they'll compete for anything. Uh, and and they have the pieces to do so. Did, I got a question. How many people knew Trevor Ariza was still in the league? Keep it on it. Did y'all know this motherfucker was still playing? I had no idea. I did not know this man was still in the NBA. I thought he was one of those quiet retirements that nobody really cared about. I digress. Anyway, so speaking of superstars, that I'm kind of worried, not worried, but here, here's my question. Is it time to hit the panic button in Boston? Do one of these two need to go, Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum? Um, it's hard to say yes because you got two superstar, or two potential super superstars. But it's just not working, man. I know it's still early. They're both still young. But this season's been a disaster for the Celtics. And it's hard to have disaster seasons and not make any major changes. So I'm 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 curious. Is it time for the Boston Celtics to make some major changes? I think it could be. I think it could be. I really think you could you could move on from one of them. Yeah, I really think you could move on from one of them. I think I think if you do move on from one, you obviously move on from Jalen Brown. 
and see what his his trade value is like this offseason. Um, I don't know who you target. I don't know what position you target because, I mean, you have Kimba. You have the point guard that you need. I just don't know that these two are going to work together. There's question marks. Not just because of the success, but just because of how much money you've given them and uh, how much, how little success you've gotten from them. You made it to an Eastern Conference Finals. That's great. But now look where you are. You can't live in the past. Looking forward, I think, I think they have to weigh their options there and see exactly what the trade value is for Jalen Brown right now. There's a lot of exciting players. There's a lot of potential suitors for Jalen Brown that would have you, I don't know. I think if you're Boston, I think you got to think about it. I think that's one thing you got to look into. I think it might be time to hit the panic button on on this duo in Boston. All right. So, like I said, there was a lot of action last night. Uh, NBA was pretty exciting with Russell Westbrook and everything. Um, but to move on to to the to to college, uh, starting with the girls, because uh, I watched the UConn game. I watched the UConn <clears throat> Baylor game, and that was an amazing game. Paige buckets is no joke. She's the real deal. She could be the best woman's player in the world right now. As a freshman at UConn, by the time she leaves UConn, she's going to be absolutely terrifying. So that's pretty exciting. Um, but uh, Baylor lost to Richards last night um, at a key point, which was which ended up being a huge turning point when she went out. As they said, it was a hamstring injury. They had her stretching out on the sidelines. Um, that was the turning point. That's when Baylor started turning the ball over. That's when UConn went on a 17-0 run. It was a very exciting game to watch. Paige, she was absolutely fantastic. But here's my thing. So it was it was my fault because I, I told you yesterday I was taking UConn to cover by three and a half. I thought that was fantastic. I told you to bet everything you had. I told you to bet the mortgage. I told you to bet your stimmy. I told you to bet your Biden bills. I told you to bet your paycheck, and I do apologize if you if you listen to me and you 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 bet the house. I do apologize. I'm sorry you're homeless, but it was funny because I'm watching the game during that 17-0 run. I was talking about Paige. She hits a a three pointer, and then like a leaner in the lane from about seven to ten feet, right? And I text my friends. I text in the group. I'm like, Paige is the GOAT, right? Right after that, that text set off some kind of energy in the universe, and she missed her next five shots. So not only did you believe in me, but it was my fault that, the, that she didn't, that UConn didn't cover. And I do apologize. That is my fault. But moving on, Arizona, they beat Indiana. It, it is 2021. The game of basketball has has changed. 
And I didn't realize how little threes that women shoot. I didn't realize how, how, how the women's game hasn't really changed that, like the men's game has. Indiana shot nine threes yesterday. Baylor, they averaged two and a half made threes a game. Baylor, or, or not Baylor, Indiana went 0 for 9 from 3 yesterday. How the hell? Who's doing that in 2021? That's a 1980s stat. I couldn't believe it. I didn't realize that the women's game was that far behind as far as the three-point shooting goes than the men's. And a lot of people bash women's basketball. I don't get it. I love watching women's basketball. If I was a coach, I'd much rather coach women's basketball. The game is more fundamentally sound, and the coach matters more in women's basketball. It's a great game. I, I, I enjoy women's basketball. I enjoy all. I enjoy men's basketball, women's basketball. I enjoy the. I enjoy the sport. And I don't know how you can say you're a fan of the sport without enjoying women's basketball. But anyway, I digress. Um, we got Texas versus South Carolina tonight. Um. I think Texas covers. Texas is a really solid team, and they've played well all year. Um, just got a tough draw. Being in the same bracket with the team that I picked to win it all, South Carolina. Um, I think Texas covers, but I think South Carolina gets the dub. And then I think Stanford, <clears throat> I think they win and they cover tonight in their game. So, yeah. So, uh, I'm pretty excited for the girls' basketball tonight. Um, I think Stanford beats Louisville and covers the 10.5. All righty. Moving on to the men's side. We've got a half of that Elite Eight set as well, or Final Four set as well. Um, Houston, they did catch the dub against Oregon State. And then uh, Baylor slides past Arkansas. So we got Houston and Baylor, and then we got the Zags today, and Michigan today. So that's pretty dope. Um, this this NCAA tournament has completely made up for not having one last year. I mean, the way that Gonzaga has dominated has been so fun to watch. From the upsets, the the classic NCAA tournament upsets, the bracket busters. The way UCLA has kind of been the Cinderella team in my eyes. Um, I'm assuming everybody else's eyes as well, being an 11 seed. Granted, they had the COVID uh, outbreak and they missed a few games. And then they had, um, they started out slow this earlier in the year. Mick Cronin, he's a fantastic coach. He was the coach of my city for years um, for my Bearcats. I do love UC. Um. I was sad to see him go because of how fantastic of a coach he is. Um, but uh, really happy for him at UCLA. Even though he has, he's got some animosity against UCLA or, or against UC. I don't know what happened on his way out. But he he, he don't mess with us no more. But um, really happy for him out there in UCLA. Um, really glad to see him taking the team this far. Um, I will be cheering for UCLA. I might even slide a few dollars on their money line because um, I'd like to see them win, even though I think Michigan will win, and I think they will cover the six and a half tonight. Um, the Zags against USC. 
I, I don't know how often this happens. I don't know how rare it is. But I think both of the favorites cover tonight. Um, I think the Zags beat USC. USC's played really well. They can score. But I don't know that they can keep up with Gonzaga. This team is incredible. One through five. They play so well. They play so well together. Such a well-coached team. They don't make a ton of mistakes. It, there's, there's not. There's just not a lot of bad things you can say about this team. Um, I think Gonzaga covers tonight. I think Michigan covers tonight. Um, I li- I love the Michigan over too at one thirty-five and a half. Um, one fifty-three isn't a ton of points for a USC and a Gonzaga team. So I wouldn't be. A, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it out of hand to put the over on that one too. But you know. This is what it is. Uh, I probably won't. I'll probably put the over on the Michigan game. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I see. I started out slow, and I think that's shaking my confidence a little bit as far as betting goes with the NCAA tournament. My friends, they they were screaming fade Kenny, fade Kenny, and it, it shook me a little bit. And now I just. I don't trust myself. I don't trust myself. <sighs> Moving on from basketball. I digress. The Jets made a little news today. Um, it was released earlier that the Jets are looking to keep Darnold as an option and draft a quarterback. That's an awful idea. Not just because a John Madden's famous quote, if you got two quarterbacks, you got none. You can't have two young guys in a room. You can have an old guy and a young guy and they work out for a little bit like Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. They'll eventually grow old because Brett knows that Aaron's coming to take his place or Joe Montana knows that Steve Young is coming to take his place or Tom Brady knows that Garoppolo's coming to take his place. But you will ultimately, most times, benefit um, – because the young guy will learn from the older guy, especially if they're of that level and that caliber where they're elite players. But the, the two young guys, it's not going to work. The, the animosity, because here's the thing. When you have the older guy and the younger guy, they both know their role in the current moment. The problem doesn't come until the question marks start coming. When you have two young guys, the question marks will be there day one. Who is the starter? It's the same thing when you have an older backup like a like a Brian Hoyer and then you draft a quarterback. And you're like, who's the starter? Ryan, Miami is a special case because Ryan Fitzpatrick is a special personality. But a situation like that. There's a reason that the Eagles didn't keep Nick Foles just in case. Because you can't have that competition long-term in the NFL. You just can't. So, there's a reason you have a starter and there's a reason you have a backup. They have to know their roles. When, you, when, you're, gonna, when you're planning on doing what the Jets are about to do, they're about to create an image for one of these quarterbacks that'll be, this guy's a diva, this guy's not a team guy, this guy... It's this, they're going to be compared and they're going to be put up against each other at every turn and it's going to create animosity. It's going to create a, a, a toxic environment in your quarterback room. 
the most important position on the field. You can't do it. If you're going to commit to Sam Darnold, fine. If you're going to draft a quarterback, fine. But do not do both. Because Sam knows. he's still Sam is still at the point where he can make a career for himself. He doesn't want to be competing for a backup position with a rookie, with a with a Zach Wilson or a Justin Fields. Because that's nine times out of ten, that's that's what we're assuming. That's what we think it'll be. More think Zach Wilson um, than Justin Fields, but there are still some that believe that the Jets could look at Justin Fields. So you're going to have Sam Darnold. You're going to have... Zach Wilson, you're going to have a Justin Fields. Zach Wilson is coming from BYU where he was a superstar, where he he was the guy. Justin Fields was at one of the biggest colleges in the country, just played in in, in the college football playoff. He was the guy at Ohio State. You're going to throw him in a room with Sam Darnold. The guy that feels like he's, he's got a lot to prove. He's got a chip on his shoulder. That environment is not going to to breed success. It's not gonna you're gonna spend the next year because it's gonna take you three to four weeks. Whoever you pick as the starter is gonna be looking over their shoulder the whole time. You're not even gonna get a true evaluation of who you want to move forward with. And then what? Say Sam Darnold is the guy, Justin Fields doesn't work out. You just wasted your first you just wasted the number two pick in the draft when you could have got Sam Darnold help. So now you look like an idiot because you got you drafted a backup quarterback with your number two pick. A long-term backup quarterback with your number two pick. Don't do it, New York. Don't do it. It's, it's not going to end well. There's just no way that it, end well. it ends well. Trade the pick if you have to, but don't. Please, 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 I beg you. I want to see Sam Darnold have success. He's an ugly dude. He's got a big-ass head. He doesn't seem like the brightest crayon in the box. I don't know why, but he just seems like one of those guys that's just not very smart. But I still want to see the man have success and have his opportunity in the NFL. And you're going to be forced to start... Zach Wilson or Justin Fields at some point. So he's going to be looking over his shoulder, wondering when that's going to happen. You're not going to get a true evaluation of him, and neither is any other team. Just please don't do it. Don't do it. Just please. That is not going to be an ideal situation for the organization, for either of these two young quarterbacks, because Sam Darnold is still, eh, I mean, he's still considered a young quarterback. Thought. I don't like it. I don't like it. And I I really hope they don't end up doing that. Anyway, like I said earlier, we got some more news on uh, Deshaun Watson. Not 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 really more news because they still there's still been no real evidence presented. We have 19 lawsuits. We did get three more lawsuits today or yesterday. So now we're up to a total of 19. Sexual assault allegations. 19. With no true evidence presented. No criminal charges brought to the Houston police. But today they did say. A few of the girls claimed. 
few of the I'm sorry, a few of the women claimed Deshaun Watson was deleting Instagram messages. And and, and when I and when the story first broke, I'm like, well, damn, the women should still have the messages, and then I forgot. Um, somebody informed me. I forgot. They reminded me that you can unsend messages on Instagram. So he, I'm, I'm assuming that's what they're saying is he unsent them covering his tracks. But I believe even if you unsend them, they should the the women should still have the messages that they sent. So I'm confused on how that works, on how we still don't have really that much information. So. So I mean, do what you want with that information as you will. Um, it's just not a pretty sight, no matter how it goes. If these are true, and Deshaun Watson is this serial sexual predator, because that's uh, with nineteen allegations, with how serious these are, and and what is in the the allegations, he's a predator. If these are real, and if this is a hoax, and the Texas owner proves to be this low-down, dirty scumball that I believe he is as of right now. It's disgusting for the NFL. It's disgusting for the Houston Texans organization. And and it's going to be hard not to feel bad for Deshaun Watson. It's tough. Anyway, speaking of quarterback competition, uh, Cam Newton, my guy, who I still think is a baller and can still play. Um, New England is looking, which I understand. Uh, he didn't have a ton of help. He still didn't look great with the subpar weapons that they had around him. He didn't look great himself at times. So the New England Patriots, they are deciding to, they are seeming like they're going to move up in the draft or make some kind of trade to get a quarterback. To add a little competition in the room, which is different than the Sam Darnold situation because Sam Darnold's young, and and he hasn't had the established career that Cam Newton has, who I think will be a Hall of Famer at some point. Um, the New England Patriots are looking to add some competition in the quarterback room, and when this was first reported, Jimmy Garoppolo who obviously played for New England when Tom Brady was there, was Tom Brady's backup, was his name was thrown in the hat. Well, earlier today on a talk show, a former Patriots player, Jermaine Wiggins, had some words about Jimmy Garoppolo. He said he didn't really trust his, he didn't really think he was that reliable. He said his health was a major concern even when he was Brady's backup. He had a very interesting quote. This is what he said. He said, my sources here tell me, and I didn't really want to say this, but they used to look at Jimmy G a little sideways. He said, like he was kind of like Mr. Glass, and I'm not talking about the Samuel L. Jackson character. They were like, can't really depend on him, can't stay on the field. Between the lines, they looked at him like, can we really count on this dude? So it seems like there was questions in New England. There was question marks in New England about if this guy was even going to be able to play. And, and, and this was a cold statement. That was kind of cold-blooded. 
He even poked fun at him, saying, not the Samuel L. Jackson. This guy's made of glass. And and, and really, you, you, that sounds like a question of his toughness as well. If you ask me, someone says that about me, it, to me that sounds like you're saying you're questioning my toughness. Now, I haven't seen or heard Jimmy G say anything back to this, which I'm sure he won't. Um, I haven't heard any other players so far backing this claim, but I don't know. That could be an interesting development because of the way Jimmy G left and how much money he got out in San Francisco and the way he hasn't been able to stay healthy out there. This could be an interesting little situation that develops from this. I'm kind of excited to see where it goes, but I think he he, he kind of called Jimmy G a little bit of a, you know, a little, you know. I don't know. It's, that's an interesting situation. But anyway, thank you so much for starting your morning with me. It is March 30th, a Tuesday. Hope you have a fantastic Tuesday. Catch you tomorrow morning for more yesterday this morning. I'm out of here.